Welcome to Backstage at the Enharmonic. I'm your host, Sean J. Kennedy. Today's guest is affectionately known as Dr. Tim in music education circles. Dr. Tim Lautzenheiser is the former director of Bands of America. He's also the creator and founder of Attitude Concepts for Today Incorporated, which focuses on student leadership by presenting workshops and clinics across the country. As of this date, Dr. Tim has taught and worked with over three million students. Dr. Tim currently serves as Vice President of Education for Con Selmer Incorporated and is a nationally recognized voice promoting arts education for every student. Hi, Dr. Tim. Are you there? I sure am, Sean. How are you doing? I'm doing great. Thanks for taking some time and being a guest on my podcast. I have about three or four questions that I ask all of my guests. And in the podcast, I don't focus on what makes them famous in their career. I focus on the edges of their career, where music started and what they're doing now. So my first question is, when did music become part of your life? Like, how far back can you remember <laughs> that was a pivotal moment? Oh, that's a great question. <clears throat> um, I don't rem- remember when it wasn't. I think that's that's the better answer. Uh, my mother is a dancing teacher. In fact, she's still she's still teaching. Um, and uh, my dad made music, um, not professionally. Uh, but I mean, it was just always there. I mean, that's when it was records, and so I just grew up. I mean, I think I was four years old when I started taking piano lessons, just because my aunt Helen said that's what I needed to do. So there wasn't a pivotal moment. <laughs> it was just part of my birthright, I think. Was there any artist or special group that you were really into that you can remember? Um, I always liked jazz. I'm not sure that was what. Uh, my piano lessons were designed for, but I just remember I would practice the piano stuff I had to, and then it was, you know, start listening and start copying, and, and um, you know, I was always a Ramsey Lewis fan and kind of sort of bebop jazz and Ama Jamal and uh, all, all of those great, uh, I mean, Oscar Peterson's my all-time favorite. I mean, there's just, he's sort of a Mozart of the jazz world on piano, so those, those were my heroes. And then eventually, I suppose, through elementary, middle, and high school, you got integrated into band programs and orchestras. Uh, I know you were a percussionist as well. So could you tell me the bridge from piano to playing in different ensembles? Uh, <laughs> yeah, I'm going to give myself away here. Uh, I, always wanted, I always wanted to play drums. I mean, that was always the, you know, get that drum set. And, and so the, the deal was, if I took piano lessons, I could also take drum lessons. But I couldn't do one without the other. Um, and so that, I mean, that's how I got into the percussion thing. Uh, and then because, you know, I knew keyboard, uh, it was real easy to translate to marimba and vibes and xylophone and all that sort of thing. So, yeah, I mean, when you join the band, piano players are sort of worthless, but, you know, get a percussionist who can play keyboard, you got a hold of somebody. So that was the transition point. It was a very small country school. Um, the band program was probably 30 people maximum. Um, the choir program was huge. I had a great choir teacher, uh, and so, um, you know, I think they started band in the fifth grade, if I remember, and so joined the band. But everybody was in the choir, so that was again, it was, it's a, it's a, the community is a, a very conservative, 
religious community that really spends time on music, particularly vocal music. So we were all inundated. There was 212 in our high school, and 202 of them were in the choir. So it gives you (laughs) some idea. Yeah. So what town was that that you grew up in where your school was? Um, The town is Bluffton, Indiana. It's about uh, a half hour to Fort Wayne, uh, an hour and a half north of Indianapolis. We went to the country school, which was uh, called Lancaster Central. And it was, again, uh, about every... There was, there was within the county, I think there were nine different high schools. So uh, every little, you know, part of the county had its own high school. So, uh, you know, and it was, you went from first grade all the way through to 12 in the same building. <laughs> wow. Yeah. No well, football team, only basketball, so very small. Okay. So then I suppose you've completed your academic studies through high school and then went to college and uh, pursued music. Well, anyone who's listening to this, of course, knows you as a champion of arts education. When do you think the advocacy thing really started mm. to kick in and you uh, realized you had a passion for that? Well, you know, I went to Ball State and um, and then went right into graduate school because my band director at Ball State uh, took the job at the University of Alabama. And I went from there into a college job. Uh, I guess I always knew that uh, the people that were in music had something special going. Uh, and I always knew that as a music teacher, I could have a lot of influence on kids uh, more than, uh, that's cruel, not more than a classroom teacher, but the, it, le- it lended itself, you know, because of the, the community of the band, or the choir, whatever it was. And then uh, when I went to work um, for Bands of America, it became obvious the parents um, were, they weren't completely aware of the benefits of music. And then when we started Attitude Concepts <clears throat> and we're going from school to school and doing sessions, the <clears throat> the various hosts would say, you know, is there any chance you could talk to my booster club, my parent club, and let them know that this is just more than you know, a Christmas performance or a marching band contest or whatever. And and then it triggered. And then it was like, oh, my gosh, because the parents are the big decision makers in many ways. So that's what that's what really opened that whole forum of saying you cannot not have your child in music. There's just there's just too many benefits. And and most of the parents didn't know. So that was, a, you know, that was what was promoting that. Great. So it was a real grassroots thing. You just happened to be there, and uh, it caught on. So that's really great. And, uh, you know, thank you on behalf of every music teacher I know for all of your efforts because your um, publications and your uh, lectures and all have helped all of us. So thank you for all of that. I appreciate that. That's kind. So I have two more questions. So uh, do you use an iPod? (laughs) Um, I'm probably the most techie, illiterate person there is. I have all kinds of music on um, my phone, which okay. I guess is an iPod too. So yeah, I'm always, it, I'm never very far away from it. How's that? Okay, good. Because I've asked some other people the, the next question I'm going to ask, and they say I don't use an iPod, I use vinyl. So I, I feel confident asking you this next question. So on your iPod right now, uh, in Dr. Tim's most played list, uh, what have you been checking out the last few weeks if I looked at your iPod? 
boy, good question. Well, I, I mentioned before I'm an Oscar Peterson fan, so that's just music candy for me. I mean, that, I just I never get enough of that. I will if I'm going to like con- conduct, uh, do an honor group or an all state or something like that. I'll have that music on there, so you know, drives it into my brain. Uh, I. I, I, I love the classics. I mean, you just you just can't get any better than Mahler. I mean, it's just it's just great. I mean, I mean when you know, and when your mind wants to really fire, you know, you've got to put put some of that Bach on because it it just drives into you. And and I'm also a fan of rock and roll. Um, so there's some tar power on there. <laughs> nice. That. Excellent. Yeah, I just saw them uh, not too long ago. They were right here in Philly. And, uh, Phenomenal. Yeah, in a, Phenomenal. In a rehearsal and. It was incredible. <laughs> so the last question, outside of your music activities, what do you do if in your limited free time? Are there, is there a hobby, an activity that you like to do? No, everybody always asks me that. I, my vocation is my avocation. I, I just, there's just not many hours that I'm not immersed in this in some way. Like some people go, well, you know, I can't wait till school's over with, you know, so I can go do this. Or, and I'm like, I don't want this to be over with. I don't, I don't want to do anything else. And there's so much uh, opportunity to help and promote and be involved with. Um, and my wife is a saint. And so she's like, you know, that's what you want to do. You, you do that. I mean, some people would go, fishing or skiing or I don't know. And I just like, ah, I just rather take that time and be involved with helping some kids, you know, be better at who they are. So I, you know, I, I'm blessed so many ways because I get to do every day what I love to do. Well, oh, that's really wonderful. That's a great answer. <laughs> Excellent. And I thank you for your time, sir. And for all of the great work you do for all of us and all the kids all over the world who are performing arts. And uh, again, thanks for taking the time to be on the podcast. Well, thanks for inviting me, Sean. And I hope we can continue to uh, communicate throughout the future. And when the tide goes up, all boats rise, my friend. Thank you very much. Bye-bye. To find out more about Dr. Tim's workshops and clinics and Con Selmer, please visit the links below this podcast. Today's soundtrack was provided by none other than the Oscar Peterson Trio performing Strike Up the Band.